I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. John, good morning. How are you this week? Doing well. How about you? We're good. We're good. We're uh, we're glad to get week five going. Tonight you got Tampa and New England. And while the Thursday night games to start the season have been better than I would normally expect, I think a lot of that has to do with it's early in the year so the players aren't as banged up. The, the level of play is going to be better. But I think tonight is an especially intriguing game. You got a Tampa team that's right in the thick of that NFC South. Uh, you got Jameis in a big offense. And you got a Patriots team that doesn't want to fall to two and three who's got a lot of issues here on defense right? No question about it. And, you know, the injury factor is going to play into this game for Tampa Bay because their best two linebackers, maybe their two best, two of their three best defensive players aren't going to be out there. Lamonte David, who's uh, doubtful, and they don't have Quan Alexander, who's officially been ruled out. They also don't have uh, T.J. Ward, who they brought over after he was cut by the Denver Broncos. So that gives Tom Brady a little bit of hope because now you've got young linebackers out there. And then you have the Patriots right now that have uh, right now are playing like New Orleans Saints bad on defense. Four quarterbacks have thrown for at least 300 yards against them. They have no pass rush. And so uh, what's going to be interesting to see, is this going to be a higher scoring game the way that the Patriots are playing, or is it going to be a defensive type of game, which right now you'd have to think it probably isn't. Uh, as far as the Dolphins are concerned, obviously the Dolphins are in a bad way right now at 1-2. and two. The offense uh, looks like it's probably the worst in the NFL at this point. Do, do you think that we can get to a, a situation, a scenario, where the head coach is going to have to think about making a quarterback change? I, I think you have to think about it because uh, Jay Cutler's put together two bad games. I don't think he's going to do it too quickly because I think there's too much of a relationship between the two because the, the knowledge that he has having worked with them in Chicago is something that I think he's going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And you realize if you do go to Matt Moore, that uh, after about three or four weeks, you know, teams tend to catch up on backup quarterbacks. And so very difficult situation, but there's no doubt they've got to figure out a way that they can get much more better play out of Jay Cutler because, again, these last two games have been brutal. Well, and how about for Mariota? Like, is, is there a chance that, he's, uh, that he can play this weekend? Uh, there's a chance, but you'd have to think with the move that they made at least bringing in a veteran quarterback, uh, that there's probably some doubt. And again, a hamstring injury with a quarterback that has had you know, a history of injuries, you've got to be cautious because the one thing that they don't want to do is lose him for an extended period of time. So I would have to think these next two practices are going to kind of give it a determination if he's going to play or not. But if not, then they're going to have to go with uh, Matt Castle and then try to see you know, where they are with Brandon Wheaton. Did you, did you get to see much of Deshaun Watson this past weekend? I sure did. I mean, let's put it this way. I think uh, Tennessee saw too much of them, like 57 points put on the board. And and how about, I mean, just we, we've seen, you know, monster rookie seasons before. Cam Newton, for one, comes to mind where he set all kinds of rookie records there. But, I mean, it, based on what you've seen the last couple games, and especially this past week where you've watched some uh, of Deshaun Watson, I mean, can we expect this, not 57 points, but yeah. can we expect this to be a big offensive club now the rest of the season? Well, you know, that, the, the thing that was always there with this great defense that they had, and last year they were number one on defense, is if they ever get any kind of quarterback play, that can be a very dangerous team. And right now, Deshaun Watson has been fantastic. 
in his ability to run that offense. And Bill O'Brien's done a great job of setting the play calling to make it so successful. So uh, you know, I don't anticipate that they're going to be the best offense in football. That, I think, is too much because, again, you know, they do have a decent group of wide receivers. Uh, they're injured at the tight end position, and they've got a, at least a respectable running back uh, committee, but the you know, offensive line isn't that great. But, no, I think that it'll, it'll level down, but I think that uh, Watson right now, it, it kind of, watching Watson play just reminds me, even though his style is different, of what we saw last year with Dak Prescott. Now, again, Dak had Ezekiel Elliott, and the two combined you know, made a big run through things to get the 12-win season. But right now, with Watson, this team has a chance to have maybe a uh, you know, 10-11-win season. Well, since you brought up Dak Prescott, he's been you know really impressive uh, so far again this season. Are you uh, are you surprised by that? Are you a Dak Prescott guy? Did you believe? Did you already buy in from last season? Yeah, I bought in last year because what I liked is you know, what I saw is kind of like the new version of Russell Wilson. He is smart. He works hard. He's got good leadership ability, good skills, and uh, you know he, he he just he he works on trying to get better. And that's I think uh, the, the again even though. He's not getting the ball downfield as much as he can this year, and he doesn't seem to be as much in sync with uh, Des Bryant as you would like him to be. I think you know he's he's just a good quarterback who's getting better and better. The Chiefs are your only undefeated team in the NFL, of course, but the undefeated doesn't necessarily mean best. Who have you been most impressed by through four weeks? No, they they to my opinion they've been the best because they've been the most complete team, and not just because they're four and four. They've shown so many things. They've got a good defense. Their offensive line is also not only just good, but it's deep. They've been able to handle an injury or two. And then you look at the Alex Smith playing his best football, getting the ball downfield, unlike he's ever done before. He's, get, he's done a great job. And Andy Reid is just an unbelievable coach. I think what you're seeing is that he's incorporated a lot of new things. He's taken some college concepts, put them in there, and everything is working. So uh, you know, they've shown ability to come from behind. They've shown a great ability to run the football. So they've been the best team so far. John, you've seen a couple of these teams with some injuries, overcoming some injuries and still winning the football game. How big was the loss of Julio and Sanu for the Atlanta Falcons, especially going into this bye week? Well, you can just see that uh, it totally affected the offense because Matt Ryan threw a few more interceptions than he normally would do, and he just wasn't able to make the big plays. And so what was a 33-point offense last year, just was not the same. I guess the good news is they get the bye week at the right time, and there's a decent chance that Sanu and uh, Jones are going to be back. But when you take away two-thirds of your wide receivers, it's almost like what you saw uh, in Cincinnati last year when they lost Sanu and when they also lost uh, Marvin Jones. You know, they lose about a touchdown a game. And so uh, probably it took a touchdown a game away from the Falcons in this particular game. But the fortunate part is these guys should be back. We're actually going to do our show from Atlanta next weekend. Uh, We're going to go to the Falcons game, and we're going to do our show on Monday there. Uh, Do you think the Miami Dolphins have a shot without the two receivers, uh, let alone having a shot within the two receivers? Oh, they have a shot. I mean, but the question is going to be, can can they score any points? I mean, it's like there's no shot if you uh, have a game like they had against the New Orleans Saints where they just put nothing on the table. But, you know, obviously the Dolphins are better for talent than what they performed in the last couple weeks, but they've got to start to be – playing at that level and you know being on the road's not going to help out i like a lot of the things i see out of atlanta's defense particularly now with their speed with their ability to rush the quarterback all those different things 
So it's going to be a tough task, but do they have a chance? Of course they have a chance. John, the uh, and again, if you want to get your questions in, texting is the best way, 67974 on the Coral Springs Automobile Kia text line. You get to ask John Clayton any questions you want here. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are sitting atop the AFC East right now at 3-1. and one. Should we be taking Buffalo serious? I, I think so. I mean, I'm still amazed with the lack of wide receiving skills that they have that they've been able to get any kind of thing going. But I think, you know, Tyrod Taylor is at least a mobile quarterback. Uh, defensively, Sean McDermott has done a fantastic job of doing it. And, of course, he's got some you know good things going because he's got a very good defensive line. But what you look at is, like, with uh, Buffalo, it's almost like watching what the Minnesota Twins did. They give away some of their best players, and the next thing you know, they make the playoffs as a wild card. And so uh, it's a, a good coaching job by Sean McDermott. But, again, can they sustain it? That's going to be the big thing because, you know, when you give away your best two wide receivers, because they did, because – both guys are sitting out there with the Chargers right now, Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins. You know, that does have a price to pay, and they gave up Stephon Gilmore. But somehow, some way, you know, they're playing good football, and they're playing and winning football games. I, I like how you're throwing out the baseball knowledge there, too, John. You're very well-rounded, you know that? I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, hang on here, and we'll get to some uh, We'll get to some questions, maybe some calls for you as well, okay? All right, sounds good. John, are you ready? You ready for this? I am indeed. All right, let's All go. All right, let's kick it off with, are the Rams for real? I think so. Now, again, are they a 10-11 win team? Probably not. And what you wonder about is this going to be like the Philadelphia Eagles start where they got off to a 3-0 and start with Carson Wentz and then all of a sudden ended up with a losing season. A little concerned about the defense, but then I trust Wade Phillips because he's always been good in turning defenses around. But the big thing is you can look at what they've done on offense, and it's pretty impressive. You know, why is Jared Goff better? One, it looks like he does have a chance to be a decent quarterback, but he's got three receivers that they added, and Bob Robert Woods and uh, you know, Sammy Watkins along with Cooper Cup, and then they've added two key elements on the offensive line in Andrew Whitworth and uh, uh, Sullivan at, at center. And so you put all those things together, it gives you know the ability now for Todd Gurley not to have eight in the box. And so, no, I like where they're going, and we'll get a big view on Sunday to see how they do against Seattle to see how good they really are. I mean, look, it's it's early in the season, but we are a quarter of the way in, okay? It's week five is starting tonight. Uh, Sean McVay, pretty obvious coach of the year candidate at the early point of the season, correct? No question about it, yeah. I mean, you know, he, Sean McDermott, and Andy Reid, I think, are probably in the, the lead three right now. But what you like about uh, McVay, he's an innovative play caller. He gets impact out of the quarterback. You know, he's very aggressive in getting the ball downfield. He just does a great job. I mean, and that's why, you know, Jay Gruden uh, loves calling plays, but uh, he saw something in Sean McVay that a couple years ago, when he was in his 20s, McVay had the chance to be the play caller, and look what he's done with Kirk Cousins. On the opposite side of that, though, with the coaches, what coaches this week now desperately need wins? Well, I think that uh, you, know, you definitely have to say the Dolphins desperately need a win, and not that it's going to affect job security, because I think that Adam Gaze obviously has great job security. John Fox, you know, particularly now making the move to go to Mitch Trubisky, you know, he needs to get a win. Uh, you know, you, you look at the what about up in New York with McAdoo? No, no question, because I mean, I don't know. Did you see Odell Beckham's comments yesterday? What did he say this yesterday? This is even scarier because this goes to McAdoo because he said Bernard Hargreaves, the cornerback for the Bucks, told him, it's like, hey, we, we, we can read all your plays. We can see what you're doing. And so we know what you're doing. And so now to have an 0-4 start and then, uh, you know, at least have players on other teams saying, listen, you're, you're so predictable in what you're doing. That's not going to be good for, ben, uh, for McAdoo. John, I actually saw a tweet yesterday that the, the New York Giants haven't won a 
a football game since uh, Odell Beckham Jr. did the little boat picture with his buddies down here. Is that true? I guess so, yeah. Uh, of course, I mean, I, the boat picture was, what, during the playoffs? Yeah, it was right before the playoffs, right? Yeah, so it was, I guess, five games in a row. But, uh, and, you know, that's a playoff loss is obviously something that it's hard to get a playoff win. But, you know, the big thing is is that they just don't look at all good. And then their offense really wasn't all that good last year. Do you expect Aaron Jones has a potential to be the lead back for Green Bay moving forward? Uh, right now, I mean, they're going to try to say that uh, Ty Montgomery is going to try to play. He practiced yesterday despite multiple broken ribs. I mean, it's hard to fathom that he's going to be able to try to play, but uh, the, the lead back, I guess, temporarily. But that's the problem. When your first two backs are injured, and then you put yourself in a position that you're going with rookies. You know, you just now got to try to patch it up. That's a bad situation right now at running back. And then to make it worse, look at the injuries that they've had on the offensive line. There's no depth right now for the Packers on the O line. Who do you think's going to be? Who's going to take over as the lead running back in Seattle? Uh, looks like I, I, we're just guessing. I think it's going to be Thomas Rawls. Eddie Lacy has been a little bit slow to the hole, and so uh, he did get some fourth quarter running last week. But you know, a couple weeks ago. He was inactive, and then Rawls was inactive, even though both were healthy. And then uh, last week, Rawls. But I think it's going to probably be Thomas Rawls. Will the Patriots try to trade for a pass rusher? I think they're going to try, but good luck trying to get one because I think, you know, remember, they tried to get Coney Ely, and that one didn't work out. And there's just not enough good pass rushers to be available to get a trade. But I think they have to do something because I thought going into the offseason, they were shy of a pass rusher. And now it's even more pronounced now that they're giving up over 300 yards a game and ranked 32nd on defense. John, I just read that the Bucks just waived defensive end Jacquez Smith. I was wondering if he might be on that radar. Uh, possibly, but then you have to kind of wonder, you know, coming off the ACL injury, is there much left? Because, uh, you know, he was on the PUP list at training camp. He really didn't get much playing time during the season, but that could be an option. And I guess the fact that, uh, you know, they'll be down there in Tampa Bay and can do a little reconnaissance. Maybe they can figure out something. But, yeah, that could be an option. Is there a fundamental problem with the Steelers' O, or is it only a matter of time before they start clicking? I think it's a matter of time. I mean, you know the Le'Veon Bell held out, and he was a little slow getting into any kind of rhythm and really hasn't gotten any kind of rhythm yet. I mean, uh, the Antonio Brown situation is just baffling. Yeah, what happened there? What was he so angry about? uh, He didn't get the ball on a third down, and he thought he should, and so he was being selfish. So he knocks over a water cooler, starts shouting and screaming and having a temper tantrum. And, of course, both uh, Mike uh, Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger both verbally took him to task for that. But, uh, you know, that's the one thing that's been going. It's like, you know, for a while, all that you saw with the Steeler offense was getting the ball to Antonio Brown. Now he gets a little bit selfish in that. So I, I think they'll be fine because, you know, their offensive lines had a few injuries. I think that'll start to come together. And when that comes together and Bell starts to get even more yards, they'll start to get the 25 to 30 points a game. I saw when Ben rolled out. He just he had his back to him. Obviously, he couldn't see him because it was a little bit of a, an in and up. And and I saw when he got to the sideline, lost his mind. He actually hit the offensive coordinator. Like The offensive coordinator came over and tried to calm him down, and he actually swung on his arms trying to get his arms off of him. What, is, what kind of repercussions can happen for that, for, for making contact with your coach? Would that be an NFL thing or would that be a, a team thing? That'd be a team thing. There's nothing you can do from the NFL standpoint because, again, it's not. <laughs> I guess you can't say it's a safety issue because, again, it's like a you know what kind of hit can Antonio Brown make on uh, a coach? But overall, I think it's, that's an internal thing. I mean, maybe at some point it gets to the point where you start to make a fine and uh, cost him some money. But that was inexcusable what he did. Just a very selfish act by Antonio Brown.
And finally here, John Texter asks, can the Bengals put it together and make the playoffs? Uh, no, I don't think they can. I think they're too far in the hole right now. I think they've got too many problems on their offensive line. Defense has not been uh, up to standards. And, uh, you know, so at least they got one win and, uh, you know, now they can start to climb back up. But, no, I think that they're trailing too much. I can't even see them making a wild card. John, Cam Newton embarrassed himself yesterday, yeah? He sure did. That was awful. Yeah. Does, yeah uh, what, I mean, what he did is, like, you know, you're, you're, uh, take the task a woman reporter who's very good and just kind of demean her the way he did. That was just absolutely awful. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that the league and all the organizations, both in journalism, have come out and blasted Cam Newton. And I'm even more troubled that Cam hasn't even apologized to her. You know, it's like you, you have, uh, you know, you're the quarterback of the team. You're the face of the franchise. A lot of quarterbacks that are in that uh, vein, you know, they'll study the name of the beat writers just so they can know them because there's going to be a relationship. Here he is. He's never done that. That's horrible. Yeah. Uh, John, enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. I think we got a good one, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.